We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Previewing the conference round of the NFL playoffs. That's what we are doing today on Road of His Overtime. We have the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Lions, the 49ers. Along the way off that preview, we are going to talk a little bit about the, obviously, the fantasy football implications for this weekend, which may be already set in stone. If you are in playoff contests, you might have some players who you're rooting for, but which of these players we're most excited about for 2024? And I think I mentioned this to Sean before we started recording. It is hard when you do a recap you know at the start of this week where we're gushing over Jameer Gibbs to uh, then talk about him today and not gush about him again trying to keep the the balance but excited to talk about these two games and Sean having written interest in both games can be interesting the dream scenario last week I think for me was a Chiefs Packers Super Bowl that does not happen we could get a Chiefs Lions Super Bowl which Sean claimed on the last episode of Road of His Overtime that that was his preseason prediction. I haven't gone back and listened to the tape, but Sean, are we getting that? Is that what the Super Bowl is going to be here as a spoiler before we break down these two games? Of course, of course. Why not pick both of the underdogs? That increases your chances of being right, doesn't it? How much of an underdog are we saying here that, you know, is this another case that Patrick Mahomes is you know on the road? Is, is that why we're going with the, the underdog? I know it is a three-point spread at the moment, but feels very much like a, a coin flip here yeah and it seems like it's moving in the direction of the ravens they are almost two to one by espn's matchup predictor i think that probably overstates the case for the ravens but you do have to love the ravens coming in especially when you have a unique weapon like lamar jackson where on so many of those third and fourth downs and you think about how you know, few possessions we see in so many current NFL games. That was the real story last week with Chiefs, Bills. When you have the chance to extend the possessions with that mobile QB, it's such a trump card as you work through. We know that one of the problems opponents are having right now against the Kansas City Chiefs is that their passing defense is so strong that you're trying to figure out other ways to move the ball. The Bills ended up with a huge number of rushing touches, including a lot of relatively inefficient ones to 
James Cook. The touches to the quarterback there in the running game, much more efficient. And you've got some designed runs. You've got some scrambles. Obviously, you're going to see both of those things from Lamar Jackson this weekend. And I think that the fact that you're in Baltimore and you have that element for the Baltimore offense is going to effectively neutralize a lot of the things that the Chiefs do well on defense. That being said, we're looking at Mark Andrews having practiced again fully sort of as we lead up to the recording here. It does seem like he will play this week and give them an additional weapon. One of the things that can be covered up a little bit in last weekend's games because the Ravens didn't need them is that we didn't get dynamic play out of the receiving core. You do get that touchdown for Isaiah. Likely you do get Zay Flowers leading the way, but leading the way on very minimal volume. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, you're going to want to see somebody else step up in this game for the Ravens. They may not need a lot of splash plays, but you need that one play. And the play that the Bills really needed last week was that long pass to Stephon Diggs. He's not able to bring it in. Colin, do you have a guy that you like for the Ravens to make that move this week? One of the things that happens when you pull up the passing matchup Raider for this week's games, you certainly see that the 49ers and Lions have better matchups this game between the Ravens and the Chiefs. A lot of reason to believe both teams could struggle getting the ball to their playmakers. That's especially true for guys like Zay Flowers of 46, not particularly good. Odell Beckham even worse there at 37. The PMR believes the Chiefs defense is so tough. And if you have been reading Blair's wrong read articles, which are, are just fantastic, right? He's synthesizing a lot of information from our advanced team explorer, which has a bunch of great stuff from Sports Info Solutions and then some other sources there to give you a really good picture of how these games are likely to play out, what has happened in the most recent six to eight games. When you're looking at that, you see the Chiefs defense is a stopper against the pass in so many different ways. We also see that the matchups this week, the particular guys that these receivers are most likely to match up with based on previous alignment allocations, snaps, you know, in the slot, out wide, what have you, they do not favor the Baltimore Ravens in this game. So I guess there's two questions, really. Do you have a guy that you like to step up? And is that even necessary if you're going to have Lamar Jackson, you know, potentially giving you 100 rushing yards, maybe multiple rushing touchdowns on his own? I think you've kind of almost answered the question. I think the key for the Ravens is Lamar Jackson being able to manipulate things in the run game, but also then to to have some potential splash plays. If there is splash plays, though, I think it's going to be spread pretty much around. I don't expect any you know wide receiver tight end to go off for a massive day here against the Chiefs. We've talked about it a number of times. The Chiefs' defense in particular has really solidified itself down the stretch of this season and into the playoffs. And that is part of the reason why it's going to be very tough for the the pass catchers or the Ravens to do anything spectacular. I think if we do see some of those deep potential passes or, or big plays, I think it's going to be on you know maybe a player slips down or a blown coverage, for example. And we don't get many blown coverages at the moment from the Kansas City Chiefs. But what I think, Sean, 
I, I know we're more down on like Odell Beckham, for example, or Bateman with how either careers have gone or seasons have gone. I do think that getting Mark Andrews back, even if he's only out there for a certain number of snaps, is a massive, massive boost to the Baltimore Ravens just for how the Chiefs have to pick their coverage and who they are putting the most focus on, even to open up things for, you know, you go from last week, for example, Isaiah Likely is the tight end one he is the priority for those linebackers to try and cover potentially in coverage this week you could have the two of those guys out there at the same time and it's very hard to cover both of them so i think i think the tight ends is gonna be interesting to watch this week but uh, i think lamar jackson sean is the way that it happens and it's like we've seen last week i think more volume than we've seen last week but i think that volume gets spread around and then you're adding in mark andrews as well to dilute that kind of pie of where it has been spread around the interesting part though i have in this i think that like i've thought that the patrick mahomes on the road you know was uh, they could have lost last week but i just thought the discourse around it was kind of uh, comical um but now he is on the road again it goes from not having had played on the road to not having lost on the road uh the the kind of conversation can change very very quickly but in this one, the part, that the, the dynamic of the game, I think like we've seen this Ravens team put up high points totals this season or get out to big leads and teams not be able to come back against them. We've even seen that with the 49ers game where they uh, win convincingly there. I think obviously the Chiefs are more capable of coming from behind in a situation like that. The part that I'm interested in like talking through the, the kind of processes, if we get into a situation where the Chiefs were to take a two-score lead in this game. How do you think that the Baltimore Ravens can adjust to that if that was the case? I, I find that that is the game script where it gets more tricky for the Ravens, where it may become you know, a little bit more forced towards the pass rather than sticking with the run. Because we, we know the Ravens like to build through not just Lamar Jackson, but also their running backs as well. And if that element would be taken away let's say even at halftime do you think that the ravens kind of like we touched about they're facing the chiefs defense who aren't giving up a lot of um you know big plays like that do you think that is going to be too much for them to handle we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No, I don't. I think that the Ravens are strong enough top to bottom that in any half you can get three and outs, you can get quick stops, you can put more points on the board. and you know, arguably, even with some deficits, one of the things that you want to do is keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Now, if you had a J.K. Dobbins, if you had a Keaton Mitchell, you would feel better about being able to exploit this Chiefs defense on the ground because you would have the playmakers, and yet Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, both of them looked fine last week. They didn't look dynamic necessarily. It was one of the better games for Hill. And he does end up with more carries than Edwards. We had some Dalvin Cook sightings late with another week to prepare. You know, do they want to go in his direction? I would be kind of surprised if Cook is not the most talented back on that roster, but there is this element of comfort and confidence in the players who have been with you over a longer stretch there. Maybe Justice Hill isn't going to be a big-time difference maker, but he's going to execute what you run. So we'll see what the Ravens feel their incentives really are in some of those instances. But if they can get out to that lead, it will be huge for them. One of the things that's easy to forget because of the way the game finished is they did not dominate Houston in the first half of this game. Although they look very, very good on both sides of the ball. I mean, this isn't a team that is unbeatable in any way, shape, or form. And so when you're playing a Kansas City Chiefs team, there are a lot of different scenarios that we could see. And one of them is that one that you just discussed. For both teams, the weaknesses on defense do come in the running game. For the opposing offenses, you know, you don't necessarily have the dominant backs to where you're thinking that is the clear-cut way to attack this. Although Isaiah Pacheco really is starting to emerge and down the stretch against the bills you loved what he was bringing to the table for kansas city it'll be interesting because you're going to have to complete and convert third downs in this game the aggressiveness on fourth down will be an interesting story I i think this one is evenly matched and so it's going to come down to not who dominates and not who has the big advantages but just who's able to execute in the moment. I think that we've gotten more consistency through the years from Patrick Mahomes. And yet when you think about where these teams are specifically for early here in 2024, I mean, you've got to give the bill, you got to give the Ravens these small edges where Lamar Jackson's mobility just opens up additional pathways. So this for me is probably the game the rest of the way. Obviously the Super Bowl will be more important. It'll get more focus. And the NFC champion could definitely win. It's not like we're going to definitively get the champion out of this game. But this is one of the biggest games that we've gotten in quite a long time because the Ravens, when their defense is healthy and dynamic, when they have a healthy version of Lamar Jackson, I mean, this is the team, right? And so when you have a team with that many different weapons, a team that is elite on both sides of the ball, which throughout the history of the NFL, even for these teams, you know, that do come in with, you know, one loss, two loss, three losses into this time of the season, 
it's still difficult to be dominant, just utterly dominant on both sides. You've got a Ravens team that comes close to that, and then you've got arguably the best Chiefs team because the offense is still fairly similar, right? You remove some of those fluky drop passes. You're looking at a team where, yeah, I mean, you'd love to have Tyreek Hill on this team if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan or a coach or Patrick Mahomes, what have you. But it's a similar team offensively, and it's a much better team defensively. This is an epic matchup. I think that you know, we could be treated to a great game. Hopefully the weather cooperates at least minimally. It doesn't seem like we're going to get great weather for this game, but as long as it's not a disaster, you'd love to see what these two teams can do without that really coming into play. And call them injuries as well could be a little bit of a difference maker if you get mark andrews and then otherwise the ravens seem to be very healthy obviously the chiefs have a meaningful injury both on their offensive line and in the defensive secondary we'll see if those guys are available to play but yeah this one should be a great one and again you can check through blair's work in the wrong read check out the fantasy streaming app if you're playing in some specific contests where that would be relevant to you this week it is interesting to see the kc running game being the one unit where the streamer thinks that you can play running backs we haven't been all aboard the isaiah pacheco train this season but this could be a very nice matchup for him we say that and one of the things we were looking at last week devin singletary completely and totally wiped out for that houston offense and it really just made them so one-dimensional that even C.J. Stroud was not able to pull out the miracle there. Yeah, and you mentioned a couple of things there. You mentioned, you know, fourth down, and, you know, both teams, I think, will be pretty aggressive there. But, you know, sometimes it comes down to game management, play call. And I think Andy Reid has got better at it over his career, but there's still some times where that comes into question. So every single edge that can be gained in this will need to be gained. And, you know, obviously, when you start to get into the minute details and tiny edges, the home field advantage is going to nudge a good few of those in the, the favor of the Ravens. The other part, on the strength of the schedule showing up, you know, we talked about the Baltimore defense, but one of the toughest defenses in terms of that that Mahomes has has faced in terms of matchups this season. Finally, before we move on to, I guess, our maybe we'll save our predictions for the end of the show, but the Chiefs for me have, like, you know, really rounded into shape as the season has progressed. They've kind of moved in a, a progression of, there was some question marks some things weren't working but you mentioned like being the best chiefs team both on offense and defense and i, I do think over the last six seven weeks we have really seen Rasheed rice push on as their wide receiver one you mentioned Pacheco. we've seen him have runs we've even seen clyde edwards alaire have a, a big run last week so there's a lot of things moving in the right direction on offense the big part of that that maybe was being called into question was travis kelsey and you know how the second half of his season had particularly gone obviously gets in the end zone twice this week what are we expecting here from kelsey moving forward for just let's say it's this week and next week are we expecting peak you know goat kelsey or was last week maybe one of those final weeks for him yeah i think it's going to be somewhere in between i don't think that kelsey is done but i also don't think that he is realistically the same difference maker that he's been in the past. And then you throw in this Ravens 
defense. And Kelsey is another one of these guys where Rasheed Rice doesn't have a great matchup, but it's okay. You think about Rice, then one of the things last week is that he made some plays, but he also got dinged up a number of times. If he has to leave the field pretty consistently after tackles in the game this week and is not able to play a full complement of snaps. And Rice has been a rotational player within what the Chiefs do and kind of bumping up against what the ceiling is for a player in the Andy Reid offense in 2024. But then if it's rotational to that particular extent where you're still, you know, say 20% of the routes down from what you get from a lot of stars in a lot of offenses, the way those offenses are run, and then you lose another 10% because you're banged up on various plays you're starting to get into a range where the chiefs are just running quite a few plays without a pretty important part of their offense on the field right so that is problematic for them you have this game here where kelsey doesn't have a good matchup and it wouldn't be surprising after what he did last week for the ravens to focus on taking him out of the game making the banged up rookie beat them making mvs make some catches which he finally managed last week but mostly hasn't been able to you know where do you go to get to the production because you're not going to get you might get the key play but you're certainly not going to get volume from justin watson you're not going to get volume from noah brown and so at a certain point the chiefs don't have enough guys to take targets in a game of this magnitude that brings us full circle and it brings us back to kelsey because in order to get what you need for the kansas city chiefs he's got to make some plays and so That'll be a huge matchup again this week. And I do think that even though it's just one game, it will go some distance to telling us, you know, how we should be thinking about Travis Kelsey for the 2024 season. You know, where are you going to be looking at him in drafts? How far does he fall in dynasty? Because if he can't, and again, the other team is playing too and the ravens are awesome they know what they need to do but if kelsey can't go out there in this key game and replicate some of the things maybe not all but some of the things that he did last week against buffalo that is a bad sign for what his overall volume and efficiency is going to look like in a 2024 season in which you know the chiefs are going to add to their receiving weapons in some way shape or form during the offseason so we'll save our prediction, Sean, for the very end of the show, our two winning teams advancing to the Super Bowl. But talking about the uh, Lions 49ers, obviously this happening in San Francisco, little twinge of pain every time I think of the Packers not advancing to this contest. But seven-point favorites are the San Francisco 49ers. The total in this one, Sean, 51 and a half. So this is setting up to be a little bit of a potential shootout, but... The interesting thing here, Sean, when we look at the tools on the site, you know, this feels like every, every team that plays Detroit has a very favorable matchup for the wide receivers. A little bit trickier for the tight end, but like, you know, Debo Samuel, we're waiting to see how healthy he is heading into this one. But Brant Nayuk, Debo Samuel projected to have very nice matchups here against a Detroit defense that struggles against the pass. But what is interesting is, is it a case that Detroit is a pass funnel that they just give up everything through the air if we look back at the last five games for detroit very little being given up and this is the last five regular season games to the running back position just 7.9 ppr points per game over that stretch 
is it a case that that doesn't matter for Christian McCaffrey or how do you see this setting up is it just all through the air for the 49ers and Brock Purdy leading that or are we gonna are we gonna get another Christian McCaffrey show here yeah I think that the one positive you could claim from a defensive perspective from Detroit would be that they're much better at stopping the running back and if the Packers could have stopped Christian McCaffrey last week, they would still be alive, right? Everything that happened positively for <laughs> Sean's not afraid of laying it in here. I, I, I <laughs> they just had to stop him on that long touchdown run and then stop him inside the six yard line, but they couldn't. Yeah. So we have a situation, as you mentioned, where it's very skewed run pass for Detroit because they are fairly effective at stopping the running game and they're terrible against the passing game you see that pop up with the best couple of matchups this week go to Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk as we record it sounds like Debo is going to be able to go he emerged from that game without the clear-cut shoulder injury doesn't have a fracture like he did previously I was still a lot of pain and that's something where you know, are we going to get a full complement of snaps? Could we get some type of re-injury in the game? But also, Ayuk sitting up there at the top. The Lions, you know, don't effectively stop the receivers. And so if Brock Purdy comes out and has the type of game that he had for most of the season, then you are going to feel really good about this. Now, one of the things that the Lions can do is put on some pressure. The problem is that they give up a ton of receiver separation. You end up with great success rate. You end up with extremely high boom rate for opposing passing games. So when you're looking at this, I mean, this will be the game where you expect Ayuk or Samuel or both to have a long score. I guess I would like to think that Dan Campbell and the Lions are going to have some answers here. Maybe they won't be so susceptible to the big strike or simply that that pressure will come through and that Purdy will make the big mistake. We know that he melted down against the Ravens in that big matchup recently and then struggled against your Packers. So it may be that the Lions strategy of boomer bust in pass defense actually works, especially if it's married to a situation where they're very good at limiting yards after contact. The other element of that, Sean, that may really help them is a lot of the success. We're not getting into the conversation about Brock Purdy, you know, what is it? But a lot of the success has been, you know, in situations where they have established the running game through Christian McCaffrey and it's opening things up after that. If, If it's a case that Detroit can limit McCaffrey in the rushing game, I think that will also put a lot more pressure on on party in those situations yeah if you can make the 49ers one-dimensional the the problem of course is that the 49ers are so unique both in terms of the genius of their play caller and the capabilities of McCaffrey so this isn't like going out and stopping any other running game does it help you that that's where your strengths on defense are definitely does that mean that you can do the same things you normally accomplish when you're facing really is an entirely different animal no and so for me, I'm really concerned about that element of it where I think the 49ers' strengths have a potential to swamp what the Lions do well. But the flip side of it is that as you go through this game, and again, you know, we're going to be dealing with a limited number of plays, limited number of possessions. It doesn't necessarily take that many mistakes from Brock Purdy with the pressure that the Lions put on you to create a very 
say fortunate, a very comfortable game script for Detroit where everything really plays into their hands, where they would like to be able to use David Montgomery a little bit without it hurting their team. I mean, really, if you're a Lions fan right now, you're just hoping that those David Montgomery touches aren't killers. You know that they're going to happen. You know he's going to be he's going to break tackles. You know, he may score touchdowns. You know that when he's between the twenties, he's probably going to be fairly inefficient. And then Jared Goff has to go out and make a play because you've run in an obvious situation. You've picked up, you know, one to three yards and now it's on the quarterback. So can Jared Goff make those plays? One of the things that's nice here is that the 49ers pass defenses, maybe not as strong across the board. As people might think, I'm on Ross St. Brown, a very good matchup in this game. Josh Reynolds, who scored a touchdown last week, a good matchup. Jamison Williams, somebody you'd love to see get behind the defense. His matchup is also fine. It's not nearly as good for Sam Laporta. Now, Sam Laporta has come through and beaten bad matchups in the past. He's come through this injury and played at a level that is extraordinary. It's, it's hard to believe that he can do this at less than 100%. And if what the matchup Raider is telling us about the 49ers defense and how they're able to eliminate tight ends ends up being the case. Then I think you're concerned that the passing game is so reliant on Amon Ross St. Brown. It's not that the other guys can't make some plays, but once the lions get to be an Amon Ra or nothing type of passing team, then you have some solutions defensively that you can employ. Whereas when the Lions are really clicking on all cylinders, you've got to worry about the run. You've got to worry about Sam Laporta going off for 10 catches. You have the vertical ability of some of their other guys. Then corralling Amon Ra over the sort of intermediate middle becomes much more difficult, right? And so that matchup, I think, is going to be what determines how effective the Lions are in this game. We're going to need peak Jared Goff. We're going to need the home version of Jared Goff. We're going to need the version of Jared Goff that led the Rams to a Super Bowl, not the one that struggled in a Super Bowl and ends up degrading to the point where he's moved from Matthew Stafford. I don't think that the Jared Goff story is done with that victory over the Los Angeles Rams, right? You've got to come out and win the game last week, which they did, and then you're going to have more chances. But this is a very real chance for Detroit. And I think to feel good about where they are heading into next season and the viability of this team with him as the QB, as opposed to being, you know, kind of the deal with, you know, say a Kirk Cousins or a Baker Mayfield or these guys who, yeah, they're solid. But can you get where you want to go with Jerry Goff as your quarterback? I mean, the Lions are there. As a team, they need the quarterback to be able to do his part. You hate to evaluate the guys on this one game set, but I mean, this is a huge game for Jared Goff's career. That's going to always be the case when you get yourself into a championship game. It's true for the guys on the AFC side. It's certainly true for Brock Purdy, but the other three quarterbacks as either past or future MVP winners Again, it, this weekend is not a referendum on their play. Jerry Goff needs to do his part. He needs to do what Jordan Love did for the first three quarters last week and put his team in a position to win. 
And the Lions are going to be underdogs the rest of the way, right? But they're good enough. They have big enough playmakers on offense, and they have interesting guys on defense. We talk about, again, that ability to create some pressure. Scenarios exist for the Lions to go ahead and win a Super Bowl. And at the very least, what you want to see is a competitive loss here, a meltdown loss for the Lions, and they've got a lot of questions going into the offseason. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on there. Obviously, you mentioned golf. We've talked about the you know, the home road situation. And this one, though, for, fortunately, I think for the Lions, we seen in the Packers game last week, a you know, downpour at certain points throughout that game looks like this one's going to be pretty solid in terms of the weather conditions so that shouldn't come into it the other part of that is i felt brock party struggled a lot in those conditions at points in that game last week so we'll see which of those quarterbacks you know you, you always wanted to and although love had two really bad interceptions last week i don't think it was completely a loss on him you don't want it to be a loss caused by solely the quarterback underperforming and i i think off and, and party will, will do enough in this game that that won't be the case but it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of it spreads around you mentioned the the matchup written for laporta the attacking this 49ers team between the numbers is a difficult difficult task and even with the packers anything you know that they did with the tight ends last week and they had a, a receiving touchdown to a tight end outside the numbers was where they were targeting those particular plays and the interception that really i think cost the packers the game the one over the middle to a tight end that was tipped i think that like going across the middle is like going into shark infested waters it's probably not a a great idea there so we'll see how they they decide to line it up and attack it but if if it's a case that they can't get laporta going fully in the passing game it's gonna be a a lot of pressure on on saint brown I do think, Sean, they will get him going. And the one thing I, I keep mentioning this when we talk about Laporta, I am thankful. I'm grateful. I'm also kind of astonished that he has made this recovery over the last couple of weeks from where it felt like on that Sunday that we were going to have, you know, a long road back to full health for him. He did get heavily involved last week. Looked like he was not 100% healthy, but a lot more uh, movement and that leg than the week previous so excited to see him out there and, and how this game goes this week so it's time to do our predictions and sean i had i have to stick to my narrative i think i've been quite strong on the team in the nfc that was going to advance from the time we were in our playoff contest the entire way through and even though my heart said yeah the packers could do it i, I really felt like uh the 49ers were the the class of this conference and that they were going to advance through quite comfortably and i do feel like although it's 
not going to be a Lions win. I, I think the 49ers probably handle this one quite convincingly this week to set up a situation where I envision the 49ers being the favorites by the odds makers in the Super Bowl. I know you're not going to agree with that, but hit me with it your just thoughts. It seems like people haven't you know, really fully internalized what this 49ers team has been over the last month, which again has mostly just been them not playing. And then thought through Kyle Shanahan's struggles in the postseason. This doesn't feel like the type of juggernaut that we would give as much credit to as it seems that fans and betters and yes, I mean, this is a good team, right? It's a loaded roster top to bottom. You have a strong defense. You have historically good players on offense. You've got a great play caller. They're so far from being where say Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are that it's a little bit odd to me maybe that they seem to be looked at as not just at that level but above them now again you're going to be focusing on the data that we have from this year as opposed to looking at a broader picture but i think some of the things that we've witnessed the meltdowns the missed decisions globally do matter especially when we know that football teams are always evolving and that the sample size we're dealing with are always less than what we would like to be able to fully understand exactly what's happening in these games. I think the 49ers are the heavy favorites here. I think that they are likely to win this game. You know, when you think through multiple universes and you simulate this thousands of times, but I'm going to go ahead and go with Detroit. I pick after the initial Monday night game when they defeat, or I should say after the initial kickoff game to the season, when they defeat the chiefs at Arrowhead stadium, And your little pitch there, I just, I feel like if you were in the room and you sat there and listened to Kyle Shanahan get the 49ers ready and sat there and listened to Dan Campbell get the Detroit Lions ready, I mean, are you going to bet against Dan Campbell? I mean, Dan Campbell is That's the hard knocks narrative, Sean. I haven't watched that. I don't don't watch football programming of that nature. I see what Dan Campbell does on the sidelines, the decisions he makes in the moment, the ferociousness that he takes for the game, the way that his players, I mean, they'd be willing to to walk through fire for him, the leadership there. And again, I mean, it doesn't matter if you don't have a good team, but the Lions have playmakers. The Lions are going to attack. The Lions are not going to lose this game because they don't show up and compete. They're not going to go away. There's not going to be a lack of guts or a lack of ability to play in the big moment. Could Jerry Goff have struggles? I mean, could he fail to meet the moment from a physical perspective? Yeah. But, I mean, this is the Lions team that's going to go out and make the 49ers win. I'm not saying that the Packers didn't. The Packers did their job last week and got to where they had, I mean, they dominated the flow of play in that game. And it certainly wasn't a thing where they choked. It just it didn't work out. But you give the Lions that opportunity as well. I, I just think you have to like their chances. The 49ers really have more to prove. They've been the better team. Oh, they definitely They've have. been a team that's been close but hasn't been able to make the plays in the big moments for years and years and years now. I mean, Kyle Shanahan needs to show that he can 
execute, that he can make the right game management decisions in the big moments, that he can take this team through into the Super Bowl, and they can execute. They've got an embarrassment of riches. They should be the favorite. I think the Lions will be able to play loose as a result. So basically, I'm excited for this game. It should be a good game. If what you are hinting at happens and the Lions go away early, that'll be a big disappointment. Yeah, it's not that I'm I'm hoping for that, but that's kind of what I'm I'm feeling. And the one part, John, that we talked about about all You're the just hard teams. fade the Lions on the road. Jerry uh, Goff and the, and the guys cannot play outside of the dome. Yeah, it's not a case I don't want to see them doing it. It's just a, we we talked about the other teams on the AFC side, and we're going to predict that now. But the one team here with a defense, I think, that is going to struggle in this situation or in the Super Bowl is. I think that's what's going to catch them out here. I don't think it's going to be the offensive side of things. I think it's going to be the defensive side of things. But this is one, Sean, where we're going to agree to disagree, and we'll see what happens uh, over the course of the weekend. But on the Chiefs side with the Ravens, you hyped this up at the start as being like the game for the season, I guess, but for this weekend in particular. And I am very, very excited to see what happens. You mentioned about you know simulations of what happens here with the, the 49ers. This Chiefs, we ha- we have to pick a side, but <laughs> this Chiefs Ravens game seems right on the borderline. So, what side are you picking? I- I'm going to pick the the Chiefs side of things, and I-, I think the reason is in more game scripts. I feel like I I trust Patrick Mahomes in those situations than than with what the Ravens have available to them in this matchup on the offensive side. If they cannot get Lamar Jackson's rushing game going. But I, I'm guessing that that win is going to be, you know, it's going to be five points either way. And this, I, I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Well, I'm also going to take the Chiefs in part because I've taken them from the beginning, in part because that's where I grew up. And it doesn't really matter what happens between when you're a little kid and now. You've got to take the home team. I do think that the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL currently. I think that Lamar Jackson has been fantastic and is such a unique player that it gives us these moments that we wouldn't otherwise get and that when he is gone or if he's not in the Super Bowl, anytime that he's not out there playing, we miss those. And so I'm looking forward to this game. I do think the Ravens should be the favorites. I think The 49ers and Ravens deserve our respect for what they've done to this point, and certainly picking against them is in no way, shape, or form meant to be a reflection on what they've done and what they could still do. And I do think you mentioned the Ravens being favorites. This is one where the home field advantage turns out, I think, both ways. If this game's in in Kansas City, the Chiefs are a a three-point favorite in that situation. So uh, I think this is, is a very, very even matchup. Sean, I do want to put it on record that I said that I thought that the 49ers are going to have such a convincing victory this week that they will be the favorites going into the Super Bowl. But I do want to put it on record now that I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl, just in case that uh, that comes out after after this week and people say I flip picks. But uh, still on board with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs getting that Super Bowl victory. But it should be a fun weekend of action. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. That's all that's really left to say. The other part, I suppose, if you're signing up over at rotaviz.com to get a Rotoviz NFL pass, we talked about some of the tools, some of the matchup ratings and so on on today's show. You can get access to all of the tools and content over there with the code 
RB Radio 2024 to check out to save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass. That is going to do it for this edition of Rotoviz Overtime. Make sure you are subscribed to the Rotoviz Overtime podcast feed to get shows once they are available. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's work up on rotoviz.com. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.